What's up, pod family? It's time for another episode of the Own the Ship podcast. I'm sitting down with Karim and Ollie, two chemical engineering graduates from Loughborough who've actually gone on to set up their own initiative to help you engineers out there in landing a job and progressing your careers. So I hope you enjoy this one. Cool. Welcome in, guys, to another episode of the show. Um, we're going to be talking to a couple of engineers today. So two fellow Loughborough grads um, who both started their careers in chemical engineering um, and landed a couple of grad schemes as well. So Ollie and Karim got them in today for the show. So let's just kick it off then by talking about the different career routes that are available uh, to chemical engineering grads. So many of whom obviously graduating last week, next week. Um, so hot topic at the moment. What are the sort of main different routes that are available to me if I'm just entering the job market now? Yeah, so um, how's it going, guys? Um, Karim here. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's one where, I guess, so we're from a chemical engineering background and, like, your typical route would be to become a process engineer. And I think... Um, at university that's like you you kind of feel like that's your only option and if you do something that isn't the pro if if your role isn't a process engineer you feel like your course isn't related to it um but so with me I did an internship as a process engineer but now my role is very different and I'm kind of into project management um like my whole team are engineers from different disciplines and we use that engineering knowledge but it's not specific to kind of the course I was doing so I think um, the main thing to highlight for for young people still at university and thinking about the next steps is probably just to have an open mind Um, the role I'm in now I get to see like all business areas but I relate it back to my, my principles um, that I learned in engineering and that sort of stuff helps you to pick things up really quickly, like technical aspects, but you're not reeling off equations that you learn at university or anything. So um, yeah, my, my, my advice would be keep your options open, try and have something that's related to engineering, but um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to stick to your exact discipline and your, your kind of um, very specific job role that's related to your course. Sure. Okay. So it's quite varied. Then is Ollie, have you have you found something quite similar? Then it's you've also got experience on the process side as well, haven't you? Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, I think one of the the beauties of being an engineer is your skills are so transferable, so you can work in different sectors. Um, I know currently in my role, um, there's opportunities to work even in the business side of the of the company so you can get involved in the procurement in the sales you can speak to clients um because we've been taught this key core um engineering skills which we can use in any any sector really so i think that's one of the the blessings of being an engineer um you can you can start off in an engineering role and a lot of people do tend to go into project management do tend to expand and build upon those core engineering skills so um, if you're someone like me who loves the technical aspects and you know you want to do that for maybe the first few years of your career, that's okay. Um, and also, it's, there's also an opportunity to go do other things as well, which which is really really helpful as an engineer. Um, so similar to what Karim said, just keep your options open. Always look about and find something that you really want to do, something you enjoy, because that's the most important thing at the end of the day is to find something that you enjoy and you you see yourself doing in 10, 15 years because, uh, because we spend a lot of time at work and it's very important to actually enjoy that job. Sure, sure. And is it, is it difficult for grads to try and really understand what it is that they think they'll enjoy? Or because I myself, obviously, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I've got no expertise whatsoever in, in engineering, um, but we've got quite a few engineers sort of following our channels. So is it as simple as you're sort of looking at the modules that you enjoy at uni and thinking, okay, I can find a job in that realm um, or there are any other ways you can try and figure out, you know, what you might enjoy before you actually, you actually get onto the job. Um, so I would jump in on this one. I, I think probably the best way, and it goes back to what I already kind of mentioned about 
being open-minded the, the best way is to just get as much experience as you can so um like I say probably I was kind of naive when I was first applying to job roles and only applied to job roles that were process engineering related um whereas like there's there's a lot out there basically and um again the position I'm in now um the idea is I get exposure to all business areas and it's not just engineering we're looking at um just overall how we can enhance revenue and reduce cost across our our supply chain and there's so much to it so the way that I I guess the best way to kind of find out what your options are is to be open-minded try and get as much experience as possible um talk to different people talk to anyone you know who's in the industry because the likelihood is if someone's been a process engineer and they've been in the industry for five to ten years they're probably not a process engineer anymore they've probably gone into a management role or a um a, a project management role or um even a, a lot of people go into like commercial roles and stuff like that customer service so um yeah i think just re- just really um keep your options open um be open-minded and try and get as much experience as possible yeah and it sounds like a great degree to have because you know it is so varied and you've got a wide range of opportunities I always thought when I was at uni you guys probably work harder than anyone so yeah you deserve <laughs> um you deserve a lot of career routes and uh, some good salaries as well what, what how about um, actually finding the jobs then are there some sort of niche job boards you guys like to use or is it the usual uh, the usual uh, suspects as far as graduate schemes and placements go um so I'll jump in on this one um, I think what we found quite useful was Gradcracker because Gradcracker do a great job in terms of not just showing you the engineering opportunities, but they also sh- show you like the the finance options as well in terms of analysts. So they tend to sort of filter their jobs based on your skills and not your actual degree. Um, so I think Gradcracker is one of the best places in terms of if you're looking to keep your options open. <clears throat> I think Gradcracker is one of the first places to start and then you've got this LinkedIn, which is so, sort of like, I call it the profession of Facebook, where you have an opportunity to directly message people and find out exactly what sort of the daily task is. And there are a lot of questions I was getting this is what do you do on a daily basis? You know, what do you do on your nine to five? And it, it really helps people because they can then imagine or put themselves in, in your shoes, in your chairs, and see if, you know, that's something they would enjoy and that's something they would like to to get involved with so i think for me personally i'll, I'll probably say great record is really good but then you also have other job sites like indeed and you know the your your usual suspects and and they they are they also do a great job in terms of um if you know exactly what you want to do um this this is really good to you know go search search on and have a look um but yeah i think great record is probably one of the best ones in terms of keeping your options open I like that. Okay, so so you're sliding into the DM then on LinkedIn to um, find out what people actually do on a daily basis. Then was that one of your tactics? That was that was one of my tactics. Yes, um, it's sometimes you just get the ignore, but you know <laughs> shoot is shoot, right? So you just got to keep going, and um, I think it's just being persistent and you know just talking. To, once somebody gives open a dialogue, then it's just constantly asking them questions and trying to uh, build upon that. And, and I'll probably add to that as well. Um, the job I'm in now is basically, I, I got this job through LinkedIn. So wow. um, it was from, it was from, it was from my, my industrial placement, but um, it got to a stage probably one or two months into applying to jobs. I just messaged a load of people from my previous job and just said, if anything comes up, um, could you just let me know? Um, and yeah, I'll apply to the, I, I basically got referred um, to the job I'm on now. So um, yeah, I got, got sent my CV and cover letter after someone, it was a few months later to be fair. So I mean, don't expect to just get a job overnight on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to keep your connections with like people from previous jobs without having to send like a formal email. You can just drop them a quick message to say, if anything comes up, could you um, let me know? I'm looking for graduate um, positions. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, because everyone seems to get sort of fixated on the usual routes to to getting a job, but it's the ones that really think outside the box and that gives you a, a real advantage. So, and then obviously you're building a rapport and 
who knows that that might add to your network long term and bring even more benefits so that's a really good uh really good tip there how about um salaries then Let, let's talk money that's what a lot of people <laughs> are going to be uh thinking about the numbers you know that's that's one of the reasons you take an engineering degree let's be honest isn't it because uh it's uh, puts you in a great position financially potentially so I don't know. Do, do the do the roles vary greatly by in terms of salary, in terms of entry level salary, or what are you sort of looking at as an average um, that you're going for if if you're coming out of a, as a grad with a chemical engineering degree? Um, yeah, I'll let I'll let Ollie chip in on this one, but I, I mean, probably from our point of view, that the ballpark figure usually that we're always told is thirty k coming out of university. And obviously, that's that's like average. You get a plus or minus, and that's um, that's after about six months in the in the in a role, um, usually. So that's like the the ballpark figure that we're usually told, um, and and what you see published. Uh, Ollie, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add to that. No, I think that's it. Yeah, it's usually about thirty k. I think the last year's average was about twenty nine five hundred twenty nine. Um, but, you know, just like you said, Toby, about engineering, you know, we tend to get more money. I think there was a stat that said um, on average, I think engineers engineers earn about 70% more than everyone else, um, which is obviously a good number. Uh, so there's, there's there's money in this in this industry, uh, you know, and there's obviously opportunities to progress your career as well and to go into the big, big bucks. Um, there's a perception with engineers that, Obviously, to earn the money, you need to go into oil and gas because that's where the money is. Um, but you know, the current situation, it's not always, it's not always the case. Uh, so, similar to what Karim was saying, it's very important to keep your options open because it's not about the money at the start. It's more about you know your career prospects and your ability to even earn the bigger, bigger money. Um, so, I think that's that's one thing I'd say. Don't don't chase the money at the start. Chase the prospect, and then the money will come as well. Yeah, and and just to add one more thing on that, um, that we we talk to our mentors a lot about. Uh, we we do a similar exercise to this, talking about salary and career prospects and stuff. And one thing we always mention is kind of, and it's, it's similar across um, any industry, I'm assuming, but we focus on engineering. Um, you wanna you wanna judge what's important to you um, in terms of like, do I want to work for a big corporation? where I get paid well and um, you're, you're almost more of another number. You're not seen as much by the people higher up. Yeah. Or do I want to work for a smaller business where I might not get paid as much to start off with, but within five odd years, I might be in a, I might be managing a team, for example, and, and then potentially I'd be earning more and I, I could progress more um, in a smaller company than, than a larger company. Interesting. Okay. And how do you see how do you see the differences between sort of the roles? So if I if I go for a really large company, am I likely to, I don't know, get onto bigger projects, but maybe have less autonomy and that kind of thing and a smaller company, maybe more uh, autonomy, but much smaller projects? What, what are the sort of key differences? What, what would you recommend to someone trying to decide between those two? Um, I, I guess I'll take this one. Um, yeah. So my current, my current role, we tend to work with like the big, the big, big projects. Um, so I work for like a big, big company. And I think what you tend to see is you, you have to, it's very difficult to, you know, if, if you have goals, you have, um, if you, if you know what path you want to take, it's very difficult to get those, those paths because obviously um, they take a larger intake of graduates. Uh, so, you know, if you want to spend some time in a different discipline, so, so for example, I'm a process engineer, but if I want to go into mechanical, for example, there's six other guys trying to get the same opportunity as well. So there's a bit more competitive, competitive, competition. That's the word, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's very important for you to really stand out and that's when you have to differentiate yourself. Um, you can, you can make it. But you have to work twice as hard. But then if you work for like a smaller company and just back to what Karim was saying about career prospects, um, you have, you, there's, there's more of an opportunity for you to, to get those roles and develop even quicker than a lot of the guys in the big corporations. Um, but there's, you know, saying that as well, there is, once you do make in those big corporations, you, you sort of made it. And yeah, you're, you're pretty much, you pretty much got those like extra security 
Um, so I think that's that's where the difference in work for like a large and a, a small company is. Yeah, I'll probably just highlight because, yeah, I've m- mainly worked for the smaller companies and stuff. I mean, the position I'm in, we're, we're quite a big um, corporation, but um, particularly going off my placement, it was probably a me- small to medium sized company. And um, it's just the level of responsibility you're given early on. So for me, I was an intern at the time and I was given a project which was worth a million pound for the company after being in the role for about three or four months. So that's a, wow. that sort of responsibility you don't always get in the larger companies. But then in the larger companies, when you do, I think I think probably if you get to the higher positions, your ceiling is higher in the larger companies. Yeah. But to get to get initially get to those positions in the first place, it's easier because you get more responsibility in the smaller companies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And I suppose a lot of people are probably sitting here thinking, um, but what about COVID? How how is that maybe impacting this space? I don't know. Are, are you a little bit more COVID proof just because we can't live without our process engineers and our chemical <laughs> engineers. How do you guys see that? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll answer this one first. So um, I work for an oil and gas company and with the current COVID um, situation, it's really affected the industry uh, simply just based on the idea of supply and demand. You know, we've got a supply, but the demand has been drastically reduced. So it's, it's, it's affected quite, quite a lot of people, but there is government fund. I don't know if anybody you know, to the listeners, um, there's something called the ECITV, and it's set up by the government to protect young people within this industry. So it's similar; they've got like a similar start to the furlough scheme, but it works just for the for the graduates and the young professionals. So there is there is always going to be a need for engineers. Um, I think they predict in by 2023 we're going to need two hundred thousand more engineers. So there will always be that need. Um, and for any company to remain sustainable, you need the young people to keep coming in because obviously the old guys at the top, they're going to be going out. So you need young people to replace those. And for a company tends to lose their sort of um, appeal or their sort of sustainability once they once the gap becomes bigger. So you might have a lot of old guys and once they leave all that knowledge, then you rely on the new guys who haven't had enough experience to take over from those roles. So there will always be a need for young young graduates. Uh, unfortunately, I think COVID has affected everyone. So we can't say like we're protected or anything because there are some graduates who have who have either been put in the further scheme or lost their jobs. But they they do do their very best and they do work hard to you know protect the young people because at the end of the day, they, that's where the future of the company is, and they sort of come up in new ways to become more resilient and more more proof, like more 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 able to handle situations like this when you do go through a downturn sure okay good some some hope there sorry Kim do you want to jump in Uh, uh, yeah I was just going to add to that um I think one thing to probably point out is um when when you become an engineer let's say a process engineer um the the kind of fundamentals and the things you're doing are, are pretty much the same no matter what industry you're in so like if you're in oil and gas um the the kind of machinery and stuff the equipment that's used on that factory could be exactly the same on a food or a farmer um in in the farmer industry um so i think what's important to highlight is okay oil and gas might be struggling because of covid but then food is thriving at the moment because all the supermarkets people stockpiling and whatnot and you've got a massive you've got massive demand for food at the moment whereas Mm. oil is really struggling so as an engineer you've got that flexibility you can easily drop in from one industry to the to the other Mm. with minimal kind of handover sort of additional experience you can you can kind of interchange quite easily yeah and just to add up on that as well as engineers we also finance companies tend to love engineers because we're able to undo large data and we're able to go right to the to the details of it to make sure everything matches everything's perfect so you might not even want to stay in engineering i think there's a lot of people as well who are trying to look to go into finance and other industries where engineers are wanted and engineers are needed um you can also spend i don't know you could take like a year out you know doing something else because it makes you more of a well-rounded person and then once you do come back into engineer uh, engineering then you can then ask for even the bigger salary and the bigger money so I think that's why engineering is like really good 
because you can do a lot of different things and then still return back to engineering as well. Sure, yeah. I'm feeling a little bit jealous now for uh, not doing engineering. Um, sounds good. Okay, let's let's dive into the to your actual journeys then into your schemes. You, you touched on it a little bit there with your sort of your DM tactic, but what what are some of the key learnings you found? Maybe it was from the interviews or any of the online tests. Is there anything you sort of wish you knew beforehand, or or anything that really stuck out that's in your memory now um, as part of that journey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think both of us could talk all day about this because <laughs> that's, true. that's, that's pre- it's pretty much why we're here today is there's everything we learned over our, through our journey, um, we wish we'd, we'd have known earlier. And if maybe we had that sort of family member or that role model in industry, maybe we would have known that. But um, at the moment, we're, we're slightly underrepresented in the engineering industry. So I think... Um, off the top really I think what um, engine a lot of engineers are lacking is that really good tangible um, experience outside of your course so me and Ollie both were applying for um, grad, uh, internships industrial placements um, in our second year of our course and we have the benefit because we're in a four-year course uh, and we we finish with a master's we can do our placement between second and third year or third and fourth year so we had that benefit of second year to try and get a placement and it didn't work out but we've got a second second opportunity and what we what we both did is we got to uh, for me it was about April um, started applying in September and I just decided all right I'm not really progressing as I would like with these um, these assessment centers and uh, the job applications I'm going to go away and do Camp America um, and that will look really good on my CV and then when I come back in September not only have I worked on my CV my cover letter I've got this additional experience with my CV which everyone looks at it and says wow you went to America you did all this stuff like amazing tell me more about it it's it's something different to like what all the other engineers have got on their CV where they're just talking about like things that are very related to industry. And as, as humans, we want to see something different that makes you stand out. If someone's reading a hundred CVs and a hundred cover letters, what makes you stand out is, is that stuff outside of your course. Nice one. Yeah. So Camp America, what did you, for, so for anyone who doesn't maybe know exactly what it is what, what did you actually get up to when you were there and, and why did you find that useful yeah so um it's basically uh, you travel to america and you're on a you do, you, you're running a summer camp um as like a counselor so basically looking after the kids who are on who are attending the summer camp um my experience i i as you know toby i i'm into my basketball so I was doing um, basketball coaching and it was a really cool experience because you've got people from all over the world. Most of the people who are working there are similar age to you at university. Um, and then you're, you're, you're working with kids, like you're, you're gaining all of this experience on leadership and like you've got a massive responsibility on your shoulders. You're also experiencing a new culture. So Actually, my experience, I was working on a, um, a Jewish religious camp. So um, it wasn't like really religious, but it was like all the kids there were Jewish. And I'm obviously coming from a different background. So for me to say that I'm from another background and I've um, put myself out there and experienced this new culture, um, it's really good to kind of include on in your CV because um, we talk about diversity a lot, but it, it goes for us as well as um, anyone else. Like as as a person from an ethnic minority um how are we experiencing other cultures as well as other people experience our experiencing our cultures of course you have to drop in your uh, basketball background there <laughs> <laughs> of course what were of you course. second second team at Loughborough were you? <laughs> third yeah second third yeah yeah okay. jumping between yeah yeah you're always ahead of me so yeah i was, I was waiting for you to, to drop that in <laughs> Yeah, just to add to that, Toby, as well, um, I think Karim um, got it spot on because I remember during second year, I was applying, applying. I was applying to anywhere. I was going for volume rather than um, quality. And I just wasn't getting anywhere. There was no interviews, nothing. Um, so then I think after second second year, I made a conscious decision to 
focus on you know getting myself a placement and getting myself a job at the end of it because a lot of people tend to come to university either to get a really good degree or to get a job out of it and I made the choice to you know chase the job the degree hopefully that will still be okay and that will still be okay for me to get the job so after second year when I, I didn't have any interviews no no luck and I then you know started getting involved in LinkedIn um, I started researching about what you need what, what a CV should look like and which is when Camp America came up um, I also got involved with something called NCS as well to build up more skills. Uh, so I was I spent like I don't know, like a week going through my CV and identifying all the gaps and you know trying to put something in there that makes me different because at the end of the day, when you're applying for a placement role, everybody's got you know everybody's um, studying engineering, everybody's done like a design project. Uh, so it's what makes you different, which is where your Camp America comes in. Um, you know I don't know if you're building a a story, a battery storage in your, in your garden somewhere, you know, just something out of the blue. Mm. Because I remember speaking to somebody in a career friend who said they invited someone to the interview simply because they said it was building a robot in his garden. I was like, really? That So everything else just didn't matter. It was literally that. And I was like, yeah, I just wanted to know more about it. So um, just like what Kieran was saying, these people are just humans. And something that something they see is what grabs attention. And yeah, I've got another story where I applied to a job and I'm quite good on VBA, on Excel. And then I was told during that interview, I was only invited to interview simply because of that skill. And I just put it there thinking, oh, it just sounds good. But they said, you know, that's the exact reason. So you can put all the nice stuff, you know, you can put, I'm trying to get a first class or anything. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the that one sentence that could just change it all. Yeah. And, and just quickly, uh, before we move on, just reflecting on, uh, now that we're talking about it, um, going back to your question on what do I wish I did different? Um, I, I would say enjoy your first year but as soon, as soon as you get to that summer break you should be thinking about like what can I use this time you've got three months like never in your life really yeah. uh, like unless you take a work break are you going to get three months <laughs> yeah so like use that time wisely like yeah. that that I think every single one of my summer breaks I was working or doing something and Camp America was a really good experience but that time is really what counts contact companies see if you can shadow see if you can get work experience um see if you can do things like camp america ncs anything in your summer holidays which shows i'm doing stuff outside of work which is developing me as a person and it it doesn't have to be necessarily engineering related but it needs to be skills related and even if it's uh, uh, whatever it is you're you're probably going to be gaining the skill and you just think really hard about what those skills are that you've learned uh, during that experience yeah. absolutely yeah and something i've i've talked to a lot of the the business grads about is you know why not do your own sort of side project um for a few months over the summer you can do that fairly at low cost you know make a website that you're particularly interested in and you know try and get a bit of a following and some ad revenue and yeah an employer can see that and that might be even more attractive than than what you've done as part of your degree so yeah it's it's about thinking outside the box isn't it and doing something different from uh from everyone else um but before we dive into your sort of initiative uh which is really i guess what we're we're here to talk about um i thought it'd be good if you just touch on maybe what you enjoy most um about your role i don't know if there's one one or two things each you've got um because that's that's another thing that the, the guys are asking a lot you know what are the best things about an engineering graduate scheme once I've done all that hard work at uni and and uh, my big boy salary what are the what have I got to look forward to what do you enjoy most I think I'll let you start on this one Karim yeah okay um so I think probably so I'm, I've got kind of two different perspectives on this because I've had two different chemical engineering related roles um when I was based on a factory the process engineering job the thing I loved was the work I did, I could see the the outcome. So it's not like, I, I always compare it to like maths where like you're, you're um, solving an equation or like proving an equation or whatever, and then you solve it and then that's it. When you're, when you're in engineering, you solve this problem and then that change gets um, implemented on the factory. And now like you've, you've, you, you can see the 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 work that you did so like I say on my project uh, my big project while I was on my internship it was um, a new it was about a new product and um, 
loading so i was loading is i won't get too much into the detail but loading this new product and seeing the lorries come in and me loading these trucks it was like this is my work and like i didn't just work this out on a piece of paper and never saw what happened i could see these lorries um coming through the factory and, and moving off with the product so i think that's the rewarding part about for me about um engineering roles on a factory and then in terms of what i'm doing now um, it's similar in terms of uh, I like to see the change, but now it's based on like a business situation. So now it's like, OK, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm doing um, digital transformation, um, changing from paper processes to e-processes. I'm getting all these emails from people saying, oh, my God, this product is amazing. Like I'm never signing anything on paper again. Like um, everything's going to be online. That 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 sense of kind of. Um, it's the reward that you get to say, okay, I've made this change and it's it's helped a lot of people. It's my business is earning more money or whatever it is. I think that's really the the, the key thing that I've enjoyed about being in the industry. Yeah, um, and I think for me, uh, I know Karim can vouch for me here, but I've always been the engineer that loves the calculations. You know, I love the design projects. I love sizing equipment. And to all my engineers out there, you know, I love using your road GH and sizing a pump. Um, so my current role allow, allows me to carry on doing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm regularly being put, you know, the, the senior engineers will come in saying, you know, size is pump. And I, I love that. That's that's what, that's that's the, the part of engineering I enjoy the most. Um, and with this current role, I'm working as well because we get involved with the energy sector. So, you know, the fact that all, all everyone here can turn on the lights in the rooms and, you know, can drive their cars, that is coming from, something that will involve somebody like me. Uh, I remember there was one time there was an engineer I was speaking to and then he was driving. He told me about there was a time he was driving past the salt end in Hull. Hull. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, Hull, famous place. Um, <laughs> and then he just said, like, you know, that was one of the, the sites that I designed. And then for me, that just clicked in my head. Like, I could be driving somewhere and look at an oil rig or look at, like, a offshore wind farm or something even within the renewable section say i i did this calculation for that i'm the reason that this is standing up or i'm the reason that this pump is able to to pump this liquid up and for me that's the beauty of it and again with engineering there's a lot of opportunities to travel and see the world i know karim's karim's had the opportunity to travel the world i'm still waiting for my turn but there's because you're as an engineer you're you work globally and you have to consider you have to change lives you know there's still a lot of countries where electricity isn't a sure thing. Uh, so there's still, there's still need to develop some new greenfield projects where we're supplying electricity to places in Africa or places in Asia. So there is, as engineers, you're changing people's lives and you're making life that little bit easier for them. And that's what, that's the most, that's the part I enjoy the most. Mm, so it's really, really tangible. That's, that's good. You get that sort of instant... Uh, results and yeah, it sounds like you're very passionate about your pumps, Ali. That's, that's <laughs> I love, like I love my pumps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all kinds of fashion. I like it. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's jump into to CMB Careers Link then, and uh, yeah, just just sort of take us through what it is, you know, who you're targeting, um, and let's really dive into some of the key learning so the guys can really um, just take away some key lessons and maybe. Um, uh, improve on some of their errors that they might be be looking at in their application process so yeah what is cmb careers link and, and how did it come about i think Karim uh, is usually better at describing I, this I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead i'll go ahead um yeah so we we've talked around it a little bit uh, but not really in any detail yet but um essentially what is is the idea came from me and ollie um, being inspired by different business ideas now that we're in the, the, the industry and thinking, okay, what can we do? Um, and then at the same time, just thinking, reflecting and kind of saying, well, we're in the industry now and there's plenty of people out there in industry, uh, in, at university still. And I know Ollie is getting like um, messages on LinkedIn all the time asking for help. Uh, so we kind of decide to link the two kind of the business and the, uh, and the giving back side of things uh, together. And that's how we've come up with uh, CB Career Link. Um, and it's kind of in the name, it's it's linking you to the career. So 
um, we're focusing on underrepresented groups, um, naturally being from an ethnic minority background, that's where we've got the most traction so far. But um, we are looking at women in engineering and we have quite a few female engineers as part of our uh, mentees. And also um, a, an area we're going to look into in the future is engineers with disabilities, um, because there's also some real advantages um, to the industry and obviously um, for the individual, um, for engineers with disabilities. But essentially, um, what we're trying to do is provide that link between university and the industry. So um, where you might, to, to be completely blunt about it, if we've, in the industry, um, we're, we're lacking diversity. So there's a stat that says um, there's a, and I'll just use rough numbers, it's about 8% engineering professionals from a BAME background, and there's about 30% um, in undergraduate um, engineering courses. Um, so there's a big gap that's telling you that there's about one in three people who graduate from a BAME um, background who've done an engineering course who are not getting a job. Um, and the way I kind of, I reflected on that, and me and Ollie talked about it a lot, and the way we see it is, okay, if if um, if the industry isn't very diverse, let's say my team is um, 12 white male and plus me, and everyone refers their nephew or their cousin or their son for a job, um, the, the next intake is essentially going to reflect what's already in the team. So there's going to be another 12 white male and there's going to be one from another background. Um, so what we're trying to do is provide that kind of role model, that link, someone to give you all of that advice um, for, for us to get more of our people into the industry. And um, as, as we were going through our journey, we, we didn't really have, I know Ollie, Ollie, you can talk about your uncle in a bit, but I, I didn't have any family members even who really went to university, especially none that um, studied engineering. And really, if I had that person that I could reach out to and say, oh, I'm applying, I'm doing chemical engineering, I'm applying to this job, could you help me? Or give me some little hints and tips from the industry. We just don't have that in our community. So that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide um, current students with mentors um, who then bridge that gap between university um, and industry. And then hopefully it leads to uh, di diversification of the industry because we're targeting these underrepresented groups. Um, and yeah, just to, just to add to that, we're trying to provide opportunities rather than just critiquing CV. So the difference between us and a career center is we'll say, okay, this is your CV gaps. That's, that's where it might end at a careers, career service. We're trying to say, these are your CV gaps here are some opportunities to fill that gap and we'll put you in contact directly with a person who can get you onto that. So again, going back to the Camp America example, um, what we're working on is we would have a link in Camp America with, and someone who's got a very academic CV, we would say, okay, you need to do something outside of, of your course. How about, have you ever thought about Camp America? Here's a contact from Camp America and just set them up that way. So we're putting it in their hands, really. And I think that's one of our other focuses. Yeah, just two points to add on to what Karim said as well. Um, you know, you mentioned about the fact that, you know, if you have 10 white males and you've got, like, one black, somebody from a minority group, um, you know, and you, you can all refer to one person, then most likely you get the same numbers. So with our current pool of mentors as well, we've got, all backgrounds, all race, we've got everyone in there. So if, if we can assign a mentee to a mentor, you know, it could be like a, a black female to like a white male, then once that person does get the opportunity to refer someone, then they're looking at the mentee, which is where your diversification comes in. So I think that's that's kind of the angle we, we're sort of approaching. And um, so far, it's, it's, it's working well, and we hope to increase those numbers and just so more people are aware um, you know, it, it is a hot topic. It's a growing topic as well, and people are trying to diversify because there's there's a lot of research being done as well. You know, if you have a group of all white males and you have a group of diverse, you know, people, you have you got females, you got people from BAME backgrounds, you got disabilities. They tend to perform better and get better results. 
so we just building up on the, up on this idea we're trying to get more diversity into the engineering jobs and you know just to t- briefly talk about my uncle as well uh, i always i still joke with, with my mum at the moment you know talking about like you know i had this uncle but you never told me he was in engineering because i only found out about him like in my fourth year and it gave me a brief insight into understanding the positives about having a mentor because i know karim can vouch for me here when once i got to the to the year of applying for like grad roles i became more selective so i wasn't just going for volume i was i only went for about you know 10 jobs because i knew exactly what i wanted to do and i had my uncle as the mentor so i was able to spend a lot more time into the individual companies because I knew whatever he was telling me, that's what they wanted to see because he also worked in the industry and, you know, he understands exactly what to do and what not to do. So from then I was able to, my interview rate went up, you know, I was able to successfully get a lot of interviews. I was getting assessment centers. I was getting offers as well, just based on having this one mentor. And I, and I think that's when the light bulb sort of clicked. And then I was speaking to Karim, you know, like, you know, we, this is, this this is the niche of having a mentor, and he he obviously uh, relate the same the same thing. You know, he, he never had that. But then once I was you know getting my uncle involved with it, you know, going to interviews as well, like interviews that he's been through, he was able to say, yeah, this kind of things they ask. And it's just it's just that extra help um, that a lot of people do have through family members that we from minority group just don't quite have. And I think that's where that's where the niche is in this in this program. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean great initiative obviously that's why i was really keen to have you guys on really really necessary and yeah there's there's like you said a huge cultural shift now and from what i found talking to employers they they're really focused on this now they they might not have been previously but they're willing and and wanting to become more diverse and i think um talking to candidates as well candidates are more now looking to see which companies are reacting well um, to the Black Lives Matter movement and just the, the sort of the light that's on diversity now, and I think that factors into your to your decision making. So that's that's brilliant. And the only thing I think we tend to be missing is, like you say, the connections that are already there, um, and maybe just one or two you know tips and and tricks here and there that we're we're sort of sharing through our channels. So yeah, amazing that you guys are putting together uh, mentors like that. That's brilliant. Um, and so what have you found then? Have there been a lot of uh, mistakes in certain areas? Are you seeing a lot of uh, common trends with maybe the application? Uh, so the application, say, so CVs and cover letters. Yeah, go on. I'll, um, I'll lead on this one again. But um, I think so. So basically where we're at in our process is we've piloted our mentoring sessions with, um, with about 10 students. And so it started off with an intro call just to tell them about um, what we're doing and find a bit more about them. And then our second session was like an online Zoom call or online call um, where we did like a character profile and it asked them a few questions which get them to think about what sorts of roles they're interested in. Um, Also a personality test. And I've talked to you about this, Toby, and I'm definitely going to follow up with some of your expertise on that. Um, But... uh, yeah, we, we just did that to kind of get a feel for what the, the candidate is like. And then a CV and cover letter check. And on the CV checks, I'd say I, I, I keep doing a thing in the mentoring sessions where I uh, I keep saying, oh, I'll say, I'll, I'll say again or I'll repeat myself. Okay. But I'm not repeating myself. It's from another mentoring session. And it's just because we're saying the same things to all of the students. And it's it's really, it's like basic stuff, but if I was to rewind and put myself back in their position, it's stuff that I wouldn't have had on my CV. Mm. So um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of kind of niche stuff that people don't really think about. Also things that careers services wouldn't tell you about, like things like um, your address and like your name and stuff like that. Simple things that could create unconscious bias. Um, we, we just, we, we, we never tell anyone to do anything, but we're just making people aware of the types of things um, that people that, that could put you at a disadvantage. And it's really basic stuff. Um, also sharing our own CVs and we're creating kind of um, guidance um, templates and stuff for our, our next phase. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is, 
it's it's the simple things that really is easy for us to to do um but it makes a massive difference to the students um i think so yeah Olya, you could probably back me up and talk about kind of where we plan to go next and kind of our step-by-step process as well yeah um so you know just building on what karim said it's about it's the, the simplest stuff that sometimes people are just not aware you know you spend i think on average 15 minutes with your careers advisor at university and they didn't there wasn't enough time to for them to fully go into details i think that's where we sort of step in so uh, the way we like to do our process we want to mirror to exactly what, what you would have in a job application you know you start for your cv um you know and then you build onto maybe uh an online test or you, you might skip that stage and you might build onto like a face-to-face interview or video interview so we want to make sure that each section of that process is fully fully done and fully ready so right now a lot of our our, our focus is, is with the cvs and the cover letters because I, I don't know that's the first thing you sent so that's the first thing people see so we you know have talks based on the algorithms used by companies to see through cvs so like keywords and buzzwords and i think that's one of the main things people don't realize before a person actually sees your cv most times it goes through like a computer system, which literally just picks up buzzwords, picks up words that are written in a job description. And you, you could have written the best CV ever, but if you didn't have those buzzwords, you're not going to, you're not going to make it through. Um, so that's the sort of, that's sort of things we, we, we tend to tell our, um, the, the people during the sessions. So yeah, so we're trying to mirror it to what you would have in a job application. So we, we're hoping to get somebody to, you know, do sessions in terms of online tests. Because that was something I struggle with, um, taking those numerical and verbal tests. Uh, so hopefully we can get someone to do that. Then in terms of interview, we ask interview questions, we can set up assessment tasks, assessment centers task. Uh, even even taking an offer as well, because um, sometimes you, you might have one or two offers, I mean, two offers, and you, you struggle to pick which one which one you want. Uh, so we'll even go through that. And then I think this is where we then get something like you, Toby, because you tend to work with people as well, you know, after they got a job and what kind of things to do to, to be successful in this job. But this is when a link comes in as well, where we can say, okay, we've got this person who's really great giving some advice and, you know, how to cope with the job life. And that's when we get that real synergy involved as well. Oh sure, yeah, a lot of people forget about that that aspect of it, and mm. you doesn't, it doesn't stop when you get the job, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just going to add as well. I think um, our vision, obviously, we're very early. It's very early days for us, but our vision is it becomes sort of a circular process. So once these um, students are securing jobs and they they're in the industry, um, they then become mentors. And they they talk to the the students who are currently at university, and then as they progress they're mentoring someone who's in the early stages of their careers. Someone in the early stages of their careers is mentoring a student. I think that that's our vision. Obviously, we're a long way away from that at the moment, but um, that's where we want to get to. Okay, nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. So it's quite, it's ideally going to be cyclical then so you can give back. That's, I really like that. That's good. And, and that just gives you more and more connections as well. Once you're part of that cycle, you know, you want to network with people ahead of you, but also people that are younger than you as well. So mm-hmm um Definitely. that can be beneficial that's really good to know okay so so how do i how do i get involved then uh appreciate you guys must have a, a lot of a lot of people knocking at your door to get onto this uh <laughs> this list um so so yeah what's the best way i mean we can link obviously in the show notes to your social platforms but what would you recommend in terms of someone getting involved yeah, Karim, i'll let you take this one yeah yeah so um I think so what what where we've got to now is we've built up um, a list of mentors um, and these are people all in industry and we've got a variety there um, and our next phase is going to be uh, so me and Ollie have been doing all of the sessions ourselves, and obviously it's been pretty time consuming and difficult to to manage um, and we want to reach more people so um, essentially what we're planning to do is um, then link do the intro calls as usual and link students to a mentor um, so I mean we're happy to start engaging with students and taking on more students because we've got probably in the pipeline for the end of this month we'll be opening up to more to more mentors and taking on more students so 
I mean, in the meantime, by all means, contact us on, we're on Instagram at CB Career Link. Um, we're launching our LinkedIn page very shortly. I think if it's not up and running today, it will be tomorrow. I don't know when you're posting this, Toby. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, we'll be on LinkedIn as well at CB Career Link. So um, by all means, students get in contact. Just bear with us while we get set up. But um, definitely before you go back to university in September, um, our plan is to really start engaging with with a wider audience. Cool. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and race to get this out uh, quicker than each <laughs> yeah. other. Um, <laughs> let's just jump back quickly, just briefly. I just wanted to tell you about some of the maybe key things I've noticed um, in terms of things that I think are, can be improved on, especially with the CV. And I'd love to hear if you're seeing something similar, and uh, or whether you just flat out disagree. That's that would be great to hear as well. So. The first thing is I'm a bit of a stickler for a one page CV, to be honest, because I think you've mentioned it in a few of your videos that the employer only has a few seconds to review your CV, you know, after it's churned out of this machine. And, and that was a great point, Ali, uh, to bear in mind. Um, we've probably only got a few seconds to review a CV. So I like it to be really simple format, uh, very concise and then sort of condense it down to, to one page. I, I feel that there's a lot of candidates that are coming out of university who maybe don't have a great deal of experience. So they try and make up for that by adding in loads of points uh, to sort of fill it out a bit and make it look like they've got more experience than they do have, which isn't useful for the employer because they just really want to get down to the key, um, the key points that are going to make the difference in whether you should come to the interview or not. Um, and then the second thing is a lot of subjective points, you know, that I'm I'm this and I'm that, which really anyone could say. So I like to sort of say to people, if you're reading a line on your CV, a point on your CV and anyone in the world can put it down, is that really worthy to go on your CV? Because the employer just doesn't quite know whether that's true or not. Right. So yeah. it's best to stick with the facts where you can. And then also numbers, because they really provide that level of credibility and uh it's hard to, you know, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't, right? So mm. it's hard to argue with with yeah. your numbers. And then it also, I guess, finally, a lot of people seem to maybe take up a bit too much space, I think, with the details of their extra interests. Whereas if you just sort of put them in highlight form, top level, this is what the interest was and this is what I sort of achieved, that sort of does the job. But yeah, really keen to, to see what you think of that and, and whether you're seeing something similar with your candidates. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take this one. Um, yeah, we completely agree. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, we're saying to our um, mentees as well. Numbers are good. Numbers are always good because, like you said, it backs up your point. Uh, you know, stick to, don't just list like a duty because I think that's what it is. Don't, don't, don't list a duty, list the accomplishment or the achievement. So, so things, things like, you know, I was, I was in a meeting every Tuesday it could be something like I led a meeting every Tuesday where I gave safety talks. So I gave this calculation, I gave this presentation, you know, it, it, it becomes more of like an active role and then they can really draw the skills. Um, in terms of the one page CV as well, we tend to tell our mentees to list in terms of priority. So what's the most important thing that should go in the front page. Uh, sometimes, you know, you might want to put content that goes up to two pages, but the first page has to have the most important things. So, for example, if somebody is lacking in the relevant experience, we tend to tell them to put like a key skill section where they list the skills and they give an example of when they've actually used that skill. And that would be ahead of your experience, which would then go into your second page. Um, so because sometimes as well, we do, I, I'm, myself and Kieran, we've been on the other side where we've gone through uh, um, CVs for placement and Everybody might have the same, you know, first page are really strong, really good. But then stuff like your cover letter is then becomes a deciding factor or your interest becomes a deciding factor. And, you know, if somebody's sort of level in terms of exactly what we want, but how can we split them? If somebody says, oh, I, I like to play chess. And you think, OK, this person's quite calculated. This person's quite detailed. This person thinks, you know, two or three steps ahead. You know, that, that might be what the decider is in terms of somebody who, you know, doesn't have that interest or somebody who just puts uh, initials that's not really relevant um so that's kind of like how we tend to to phrase it for our mentees yeah I'll, I'll just um jump in there as well um yeah 
I think, yeah, definitely um, agree with, with all of that. Um, going back to the, the key skills, the skills-based CV, um, in our experience, typically what... Ha- so we, we both recruited our replacements at, on, for, like, placement or grad jobs or whatever. Um, and you, you'll have, like, five skills and five... Or fi- fi- a list of five skills or experiences and you get one mark for having all of those skills or experiences, but then you get the second mark for proving proof that you've actually got the skill or the experience. So like someone with um, all the skills could only score five out of 10. And then someone with three of the five skills who's explained it really well, will get six out of 10. And so that you've got more experience than the other person, but the way they've presented it improves what they've done has got them the to the next stage as opposed to you. So I think going back to your, your point on a one-page CV, um, I think probably from from all of our, our engineer, engineers in industry and lecturers and, every, and everything, everyone's told us to do two, but definitely prioritising. Um, one thing that I didn't know about that Ollie's found out about um, is putting the key skills section first above your experiences then you're almost just listing your experiences to back up what you've got on that first page. And you said, okay, I've got organization skills because um, I led a project on this. And then, so, so straight away for me, who's got a checklist in front of me and I'm reviewing your CV, I've, I've looked at your CV and I've said, organization skills, it's in bold, it's his own header. That's one mark straight away. And then, the evidence is right next to it. So straight away, I've got those two marks rather than sifting through all of your experiences, trying to find those skills and experiences and the proof. So I think, yeah, definitely um, anyone who's lacking experience and they're worried about that, um, don't be disheartened. But a a key tip is to switch to a a skills-based CV and really um, highlight those points, tailor it, according to what's in the job description, because it's not always going to be the same skills that you need for each job. Um, and then, yeah, really just um, focusing on number one, what the experience is or skill, and number two, backing it up. I like it. Okay, that's really important. So tailor your skills and then always back them up with with evidence then. I like it. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's wrap up there then. I think we've, uh, we've dropped some good knowledge today. That's been brilliant. Um, yeah, just before we close out, are there any books, uh, podcasts, or, or sort of websites, resources that you recommend um, that maybe has helped you guys along the way? Apart from this one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. It's helped me. So, yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, earn, earn your leisure or earn your leisure, as they like to call it, the American accent. um yeah that's that's been a real inspirational podcast for me it's got me to think wider than just my course and kind of the business plays to things that we see every day um in terms of books I'm not a massive reader but I do listen to audio books um so rich dad poor dad has been a really good one for me as well um so yeah that's that's the two that I'd pick out um in terms of books and podcasts yeah, and I'd just like to say, you know, just to all to all the young undergraduates out there, get active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has, has become such a powerful tool. You know, that's that's one of the main reasons why we started this, because someone reached out to us on LinkedIn. And, you know, we thought, okay, yes, we, we, we remember, you know, when we were in your shoes. I mean, the amount of people I used to message on LinkedIn during my fourth year and third year was, was a lot. Nobody would reply to me, but the ones that do, it was so, so helpful. Even before... The interview I had for my current role, I messaged one of the engineers and then they just it pretty much broke it down to me exactly what to expect. And I was able to prepare myself. Um, so LinkedIn is such a powerful tool. Message everyone, message anyone. Most likely people are willing to help out. And all it takes might just be, you know, oh, this person reached out to me on LinkedIn. Here's a CV. Um, you know, it's, that's the referral that that is so powerful nowadays as well. And you know, I know people whose CV might not be as strong as someone else, but because they had that referral and they showed active, the active behaviour to reach out to people on LinkedIn, it just it, it really helped them. Brilliant, 
Thanks very much, guys. Really helpful. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this one. We need, I think we need to do it again at some point. No worries, will do. We've got big things planned. So. <laughs> <laughs> On the horizon. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. Perfect. <laughs> nice one, guys. Cheers. Right. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks Thank very you. much. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.